We're so excited to announce our partnership with the Senior Living Transformation Summit. Join us in Boston on February 26th and 27th with a collaboration of senior living leaders who are at the cutting edge of digital transformation and catering for baby boomer residents. Learn about innovative approaches to business systems to make recruiting, retaining, and supporting staff easier and more efficient. To find out more, visit SeniorLivingTransformation.com. Welcome to the Challenging the Way We Age podcast, hosted by the Mavericks of Senior Living, Francis and Catherine, focusing on creativity, ingenuity, and inspiration to educate and inspire changes in the senior experience, breaking the status quo. We want to thank our supporters, Assured Assisted Living, Serenity App, Sevens Home Care, and Sevens Residential Memory Care. Now get ready for the next episode. Good morning, you Mavericks. It's Francis, your Chief Curiosity Maverick, and I'm here with... Catherine Wellesy, your Chief Inspiration Maverick. And we are coming at you from Catalyst in Denver, Colorado, which is a co-working space designed specifically for healthcare, both startups as well as established companies. And we have the founder of Routinify, Mr. Pat Kelly, with us today to talk about the amazing work he is doing and how his app and device is going to revolutionize the way we provide care for seniors in their homes. So Mr. Kelly, thank you for joining us. Good. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. So can you tell us a little bit about Routinify? We're helping adults lead independent lives that have various challenges. They may be hearing impairments, vision impairments, cognitive uh, disorders and whatnot. But as a startup, it's focus, focus, focus. And our initial focus is aging uh, adult marketplace. So we're going to get kind of into the core part of the solution. And today we're going to focus on aging adults that are already receiving some type of service. And they could be receiving the service because they could be a resident in a managed uh, facility. They could be receiving in-home services. But there really should be early intervention. We really had, should have early intervention for the aging adults. They request or are brought in-home services or moved to a different facility too late in the cycle. Hmm. We saw that coming two, three, four, five years earlier. Now it's going to take some market education and a way for us to reach those individuals. So first you start with those who have kind of self-identified, hey, I do need some help. And so provide help better and more continuous. But our longer term goal is let's try to help people age well before they require and there's nothing wrong with receiving in-home services or moving into a, uh, into a managed operation, but the point is the reason you got there was you weren't aging well. You didn't have the right habits and routines. Things such as just are you getting the right sleep? Are you active at the right times during the day? Is there groceries in the refrigerator? Are there the right groceries? Have you spoken to somebody today? Have you done anything for mental actuation? Are you able to be compliant with other things such as meds or taking vitals or whatnot? So these are what we call habits for aging well. Mm -hmm. We want to enforce habits for aging well for, again, those who have already self-declared, I need help, but we really want to move that earlier in the process so you're more self-reliant. The informal uh, caregivers in your life have a game plan and they know how to help you earlier in stage as well as help you when you actually need more professional uh, service. It sounds to me like this can impact the economic side for the senior in that they can stay home longer. Not only are they more independent longer, which is the goal for everybody, but also they can stretch their finances longer, which is something that a lot of people are struggling with today. 
Well, and the finances aren't just uh, the senior themselves. Think about all the family members, the adult oh, child yeah. caregivers such as myself. So they're, the lost productivity in this country that's not properly tabulated is enormous. Huh. People are distracted. It's the same, it's the same ch uh, issue as when you're trying, you know, as a country we figured out we should help parents deal with their children because that allows them to be more productive citizens. Oh, true. And we haven't done the same thing for people that are trying to take care of their parents, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. well, yeah. So, but so the economics go all over the place. There's also people who are contracting chronic conditions too soon because there wasn't any structure there to help them age well. And the once care is delivered, it is delivered in the most inefficient, Byzantine. And this, I'm not dissing anybody who provides care. You do any fabulously great job. But if you look at it, it's based on scheduled delivery of services that is at odds with the way a modern world works. A modern world bases delivery of services on data. What do I need and when do I need it? So it's just in time delivery. And it bases it on demand. And today, it starts with the payer side and our psychology. We say, I'm gonna schedule somebody to go to my mom's house two hours every day or four hours on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but who said that those are like the days mm. when somebody really needed help? Right. And who said that they don't need assistance or something at other periods of time? And because the delivery mechanism is put somebody on mom's couch, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it kind of begs the question, what if you just need communication and a touch so yeah. virtual communications yeah. can help there yeah. Yeah. and because it's based on delivering the service in the home if you're a provider you can't cost effectively just give 15 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour of service even if that's all it was required because you have to absorb all the logistics around sending that person there and back and forth and etc so the in-home deliveries is typically in larger blocks of time we don't have enough caregivers on the planet to care for the people on the planet that can use care, and yep. we're the most inefficient methodology for allocating the resource. This I come out of the computer yeah. industry, and we called this in the 70s, and I'm dating myself, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, in, this, I'm in this cohort too. <laughs> but timeshare was the way that we provided computer resources. Yes. Hey, I'm going to get up at 2 or 3 in the morning. We got rid of that a long time ago because it's absolutely the most inefficient delivery resource. Wow. And human capital is exactly the same thing. So, Wow. So how did you then jump from the computer industry into this desire for seniors, for helping seniors? Did you have a personal connection, a story? Yeah, well, so we, we all have uh, aging adults in, in, in our family, or we know people who are touched by mm -hmm. that. So my experience in, so I don't come from the healthcare sector. I'm a, I'm a communications and workflow, a man is machine, uh, industrial <laughs> engineer type of person, okay. and you'll see that in, in, our, in our solution around trying to make the most efficient utilization of individuals. So we're all touched by uh, somebody who has aging adults. I happen to be fourth generation Coloradan. My aunt just turned 106, well on her way to 107. Wow. And that brings me to That's habits. That's unbelievable. Well, that brings me to the habits for aging well. Because yeah. the one thing that I noticed with them, and my mom's just her little baby sister, she's only 97. <laughs> only only <laughs> 97. Is the things that worked for them were the the routines, the habits that they had. Uh -huh. So the aha moment for me was, hey, I wonder 
and I shouldn't say it this way, but can you teach an old dog new tricks? Can you instill other habitual type of behavior? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the answer to that's yes, and that's why we ended up in Canada with a bunch of researchers around the social behavior part of, of, of this piece. And, and is that why it's routinified? Because you're building in exactly. new routines, for, or you're either enhancing or improving their current routines. And it's not just the aging adult. So you all are in the industry, so you understand part of the problem are the people around the aging adults. So they they can actually benefit from a little bit of a structure and a little bit of routine Very much uh, so. themselves. Yes. So uh, as we started to deploy in the field, one of the things that we noticed very quickly is it was the caregivers who were using the pr- subtle nudges and prompts and routines as much as the aging adult. Hmm. My, my first key was a, I saw a routine pop up uh, that had one of our instructional videos about how to change a catheter. And I thought that's kind of interesting for Frank to want to know how to change his own catheter. But it was actually the caregivers had put routines in themselves so that they oh. knew it was time. And they would um, access the video so they remembered the right way to do that. Um, Exchange. So I'm sorry, I got lots of vectors no. going on, but just also some we can things right. happening so here. That's let's really bring, cool. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, let's actually bring it back to yeah. what is Routinify. Our listeners, I'm sure, yeah. are, are saying, "I don't tell me how this works. What does it look like in real life?" Yeah. So, so Routinify is first and primarily a process. I think those in the industry would recognize the process as a care plan. Our care plans are a little bit more macro because they're intended to observe the entire day and every day, not in a privacy violating way, but what are we trying to do to help you with your life? So process is number one. And these processes are well understood and they're written on a piece of paper and that's the problem. Mm -hmm. They're on a piece of paper and they don't get followed up. So now the technology comes in to play. So part of the technology is to digitize the process to help individuate the care plan for an individual. Now that's great that you have a plan, but plans are useless if you don't have data. And for us, the data comes from what we call senior IoT. So let's back up. So yep. digitizing it means what? So a caregiver will enter, will either take one of our templated care plans and modify it based on the needs of an individual, or they can create their own unique um, care plans. Okay. So it's not a Word document. It's actually something in your software. Correct. Where so they've pulled up. Here's what a care plan might look like. Yep. I'm going to customize it for my needs. Okay. Great. Yeah. Um, and then, then the plan needs to be evidenced by data, and we get data about the uh, aging adult and their environment from three main sources. One source is a wearable device, so the wear- these aren't requirements, these all get individuated depending on what you need for this person. But we are big fans of wearable devices because the accelerometer and the heart rate uh, provide great insight into sleep behavior and activity during the day. Activity during the day is a big challenge. And the heart rate is very interesting, not because we're trying to help them set a new VO2 max, <laughs> but it actually is a continual check-in. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, check, keep check-in going on. All these interactions I'm talking about are explicit, implicit check-ins. And we all know check-ins are a big deal about, mm-hmm. hey, how's somebody doing? Mm-hmm. Um, the other source of data is um, elements that you would consider part of home automation. So sometimes we monitor and control electrical outlets, uh, mm-hmm. door contacts, is the front door open or closed, yeah. has a refrigerator open or, do- or open or closed. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. That's a really interesting one. Have they been eating? And, and refrigeration doesn't mean they yes, haven't right. been eating, exactly. right, or have been. But 
That's interesting. Uh, yep. What I think too, Pat, correct me if I'm wrong, is there, this is essentially a blanket platform that you can adapt it to almost any level of care. So it can be as simple as we're using it for just a daily check-in, but if someone's care needs advances, do we bring in additional options to yeah. further monitor? So yeah. do we bring in stuff down the road? But when the beauty of it I like is it's so basic in the sense that it can be very unintrusive from day one, because if, correct me if I'm wrong, it's yeah. a tablet with a Bluetooth speaker, right? Correct. Um, but the aging adult doesn't need to know anything about the tablet. It right. just plain does its function. So it's okay. essentially kind of like a medical device. It sits there in the home. You can have multiple of them if you desire. It tells you the time of day, the day of week, and the weather. can play music, which, which is, is I thought is cool. <laughs> Favorite music, yeah. podcast. Right. So this is all around socialization, mental actuation. Yeah. And then occasionally it pops up. Uh, it's already part of your life. It has a reason for being there, and it pops up and helps, gives you gentle nudges and reminders to do actions, and allows your care circle, which are people that you've authorized to know your business, advise about how you're doing. I got up. I listened to some music. I, I did or did not take my meds today. I'm not feeling well. I just touch a button, and immediately I talk to a family member or a caregiver. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. That, so, but they don't need to. They don't need to know Android or iOS. They don't need to log in. Well, they don't have to manage updates. Uh -huh. It's it's a, it's a tap. If you can watch TV, you can interact with our device. And what I thought was cool is that you don't have to come in and drill holes for sensors or cameras no. in the ceiling because okay. because there's a lot of that new right. tech out there, right? right? And I even talked to my mom. She goes, "Be kind of weird if I spied on Grandma. I mean, I want to know what's yeah. going on with my mom, but." Right. I don't really know if I want yeah, to put a awkward. camera in it, we right? You don't want to like take a peek at <laughs> your day. Granny cam. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, and yeah, I, yeah. I feel the same way. So, I'm putting myself in the mind of some of our listeners and yeah. thinking a couple of things. How is it different than, say, Alexa or Apple Watch and and the other devices that monitor and yeah. and can provide those alerts? So. So there's a couple things. My other observation was there was lots of episodic tech out there. So there's a pill minder. There's a help me, I've fallen, and we only want to talk about how that actually really works or not. <laughs> there are Fitbits and Garmin's to track sleep in that. There, so the problem is there's just too many applications. They never talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And what you're really trying to do is you're trying to figure out how is this person doing and how can I help them live the best life today? So, As opposed, so we aggregate the data from all of the sources. Okay. And most importantly for the aging adult, they don't have to understand, oh, this is how I log into Carmen Connect. This is how I launch the Omron app to go mm. check. So we right. take all They're of that away. Nothing. We automate everything okay. for them. And we take those devices in the context of what's the plan. Okay. When, when should they be invoked and how? Now, on Alexa, I'm a big fan. I actually, uh, a prior startup I had was in the voice recognition space in the day when we used to call phone numbers and get frustrated by the machine asking you, what do you want? <laughs> so I'm a big fan of voice recognition, but in this market, the challenge with Alexa and others is it's voice only. Mm. So we develop our application, what we call a voice visual haptic user experience. You need, you guys are in care, you know that you need to excite all of the senses yeah. to have something. So voice is great, we use it to get your attention, but visual persists and it amplifies and extends your understanding of that. And haptic is of use sometimes, because what if you nod off? in the couch. Well, you can't tell Alexa, hey, Alexa, wake me up, will you? <laughs> but I know that you've nodded off, and your care provider said, oh, 
that is okay because you didn't sleep last night, I want you to rest, or this is a pattern of behavior we're trying mm. to change. I give a little tickle on your wrist. Oh, that's cool. I see that you're up. I turn Frank Sinatra on my smart oh, display because I know. You awake. Well, they get you moving. Now I got okay. your attention. I say, hey, how you doing? You want to stand up? Want to do some moves? I can play a little video. And is this all done via? AI? Is this machine learning? How, it will, what's it happening will be. So in the scenes? beginning, it's based on human knowledge. So I, so I love people going, oh, yeah, AI is going to change uh, <laughs> medicine. And it, and it may it, it in will. some areas. But this is people caring for other human beings. And so first you want to amplify that care capability. And you want to provide a mechanism for people to really have insight into what's really going on during the day. Mm -hmm. Now you have data. So the truth about AI and machine learning is it's not you plug it into just anonymous right. data and it fixes something magically. It's all about the tagging and the learning. So yes. think about it. I'm crowdsourcing best practices about how to give care to a very complicated individual yeah. who is assessed with various challenges for hearing, motor control, vision, cognitive capabilities, other factors. And on top of that, I'm watching the people come and go in the household, family members, hmm. in-home service providers. So I have a very massive data set. And wow. people interacting with our system help to tag that data. And when it's time, the right time, to start applying AI to say, oh, that pattern of behavior means this or that. And wow. the right place to, yeah. That so makes sense. That's awesome. I, I, so, I came across an interesting yeah. stat, that's what I was trying to look up here on my phone, was um, there was a study out of the UK that said 0.5 million older adults in the UK go without speaking with anyone for at least five days. And guess what the number is in the States according to this study? Anybody have an idea? Seven days. Four million people, five days or more. Wow. In the US. So uh, kind of talking about what you're how can that's your a, app, how can Routinify so, help with the social isolationism? Yeah, so. Because that uh, number, I was saving that, I was trying to find yeah. it because I was blown away by that stat. So I'll give you a couple things that are happening in Canada and we're going to bring here. So we have one of our partners that's based out of Toronto and they do what they call loneliness check-ins. So they have staff, so they have the people that have been interacting with that specific aging adult gets notified that this, they either schedule a check-in and or they get notified, hey, we don't think they've talked to anybody today. So they do the loneliness check-ins. That also happens uh, in the uh, province as well where the individual just, they figure out, hey, my care circle's there, I'll just touch because I want to talk to somebody. Okay. So, so it's not, that's the other problem with healthcare, this is from a guy from the outsider, is all we focus on is let's push care at the person. How about helping them care for themselves? How about allowing them to be a, a bigger part of the process? So the same mechanism that allows anybody to communicate, and this is safe by the way, so the problem with the telephone is telescammers. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, oh, your yes. son's going to jail unless you give me $16,000 because his delinquency uh, or, is horrible. Right. What the, it's the Excel, like Colorado has that Excel energy one, right? Like if you don't pay your yeah. Excel bill with Visa gift cards, we're turning it off. <laughs> when you communicate through Routinify, it is secure. That's cool. Only those people that you have allowed into your care circle can contact you there. It cannot be telescammed. Interesting. Wow. And, and there's a, there's a, a trend going on here our device is trusted. It never does anything to violate. So that's why we, if, if I can't help you do something, I'm not gonna keep pestering you. I'm gonna back off and I'm gonna right. let somebody else know, hey, maybe give your mom a call and see if you can help her out here.
I equate it to remote care management. So yeah. right now we have care managers, but sometimes they can be, you know, an hourly rate, a daily rate, whatever. And minimums, right? A minimum, minimum stuff like that. Hours. But yeah. with Pat's system here, it is a remote care management system that allows the experts to know when to escalate. So I can decide, you know, hey, this is not a big deal. We're just going to monitor it. However, if it goes to this level, we're calling the doctor or whoever that person may yeah. be because right now with our home care providers most staff will tell you if it's not a four or five hour case i'm not going absolutely because yeah. i'm not driving well and i, I i'm seeing it a little bit yep. and you can feel free to yep. correct me but i see it a little bit as as covering that big gap that we have between when mom and dad start to need a little bit extra mm -hmm. help and we start to worry yep. so mm -hmm. i'm the i'm the daughter in the family and so i worry more than my yep. brothers do yep and i start calling every single day and yep. checking in and i have to rely on their self-report and so many things can happen between when that starts and when, if they have to transition to a home or they need in-home care. In mm -hmm. care almost 24 seven or daily or something. Yep. So there's this huge gap in so many different ways it could go. And right now, I think what happens in the absence of what you're talking about is the trajectory is pretty predictable. And oh, it's not a great trajectory. Yeah. And you're offering an opportunity to change that trajectory a little bit which i think is fabulous i love it i, I think yeah. it's really cool but we're also bringing the physician into the home so we're we're not we're actually in the telehealth space although i don't go at it directly the problem with telehealth for the seniors is where's the seniors tele right they're going right. to go get their laptop or yeah. you know where's that yeah. so my device <laughs> provides the FaceTime. video <laughs> the physicians on the other side so we are okay. currently onboarding telehealth professionals so okay. the same platform so we'll have dispatch health uh, on the platform if you need Excellent. to call and interact with dispatch health uh, we'll have care on location on the platform soon so if you want to have a true telehealth session and then RNs uh, actually are using our platform to provide for remote monitor capabilities so blood hypertension COPD so we're making sure that the vital measurements get taken that they're accurate if there's an issue, the RN can use the televisit, telehealth right. capability to have an inter uh, have an intervention, if you will. Hey, how are you doing? Or I'm worried about this. How would you do something like a blood pressure check? So we we support um, blood pressure cuffs, pulse oximeters, weight scales, and glucose meters, which are pretty much the key components. Those devices are networked to our system, so we know when you should be taking your blood pressure. We automate the process of doing that. Yes, you have to put it on your wrist and touch a button, but that's all you do. And so we know whether you did or did not take the measurement, and we okay. allow you to set a threshold. Is that measurement something that's alar alarming to you, the caregiver? And so, um, and we're all automatically aggregating the data, and then we'll put it where you told us to put it. And again, this is why mCharts is one of our partners, because you'll talk to them a little bit later yeah. around the EHR pieces. And two, I think there are new stethoscopes that if you have like a, a skilled caregiver, and I'm not sure how you want to define skilled, that could use that stethoscope for the remote doctor to actually hear through huh. that connect connectivity. Absolutely. Oh, that's fascinating. So now all of a sudden is that I might be able to send an LPN, an RN, or even maybe a CNA that's trained to use a stethoscope yeah. with a doc that never has to leave the office 
or that I'm in rural Colorado and I can't get to my doctor, but yes. my doc's in Denver. Yes. How cool would that be that yeah. our seniors finally in these rural areas don't have to drive an hour to wherever, but they can get it where they live. That's amazing. And, and uh, I know we're talking about in-home, but yep. I was just in Grand Junction visiting an assisted living yep. and memory care, and they're struggling to have to find doctors who will round. Uh, yeah, so, so home is where you call it. So right. as far, I don't know the difference between 10 people spread around Platte County and 10 people that happen to sh- share the same hallway, yeah. but yeah. all 10 have the same need and challenge. Mm-hmm. And the people that are running the assisted living facilities are doing a great job, but you think about it, I improve their staff efficiency. Right. And because the monitoring can be remote, Sometimes in off hours, it might make sense for a centralized resource to help keep tabs on individuals that are in the facility. Doesn't mean that there's nobody there, but they're watching behavior and they can dispatch the person who happens to be there. Well, they can work a little more on an exception basis. It doesn't mean they don't lay eyes every hour, two hours, whatever their routine is. Or four, depending on the facility, right? (laughs) (laughs) We won't talk about those facilities. And and help the senior take care of themselves, too. There's nothing wrong with allowing them to get involved in their own care when they can. And my soapbox is proactive care. I feel that in, in senior living, we're reactive, mm-hmm. and I'm sure with your tech backgrounds, you guys are always more forward-thinking, being proactive in what we're doing. Yeah. But senior living has a history of we're reacting, which is why I think we're 10, 15 years behind yeah. with technology because we're we're always reacting. We're never like, okay, what can we do to get ahead of this? It's always oh, crap, we got to fix it now. But if we fix it now, it's not good enough because it's already changed. Well, and you don't know what your unintended consequences are because you're fixing in the moment. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, Pat, how can they find you? How can they find more about Routinify? So, uh, you can come to our website, www.routinify.com. So, For sure. Thank Pat, you so much. Yeah, thank you. Such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, same here. Thank you so much.